Welcome to Everything Is Up, a podcast about the real-life stories of people who have created extraordinary levels of success. These are conversations with people who are constantly striving to take things to the next level. And now, here's your host... Everything is up. I'm your host, Tamara Hollerick. And joining me today is Annika Wooten, the former Miss Kansas, 2019-2020, um, kind of through the pandemic. That's going to be a great story today. Thank you so much for joining me, Annika. And welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're going to just kind of jump right in. Uh, so curious minds want to know, you end up being Miss Kansas 2019 and voila, country shuts down. Boom. You're Miss Kansas for two years. How did that all play out? Oh my gosh. Well, before becoming Miss Kansas in 2019, I had competed for seven years to become her. So it was already a really long journey that I had finally achieved everything I had been working toward. And luckily, I did compete in Miss America before the country shut down. Um, and I was right in that season where I was starting to get ready for the next girl. Right about you know March when everything started happening is when we really start looking at like our pageant that would have happened in in June and making all of those preparations. And all of a sudden everything stopped. I mean, I remember sitting in my kitchen, you know, I was probably cooking or something and seeing the cancellation emails coming through on my bookings calendar. And I think I have a screenshot that like pops up around this time every year uh, when I see those, that memory and it was, okay, let's cancel or let's postpone the pageant for three months and let's postpone the pageant for six months. And then an entire year. Uh, and each time I was faced with that question of like, okay, am I going to stay on and continue to serve in this capacity through a completely unknown time? You know, not only has our country never been through something like this or our world uh, in this generation, but also I am the only person in my state with this job. So, you know, it was really just kind of forging through on my own and leaning on the people close to me to support through that time. Yeah. So really unchartered territory for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, so you, you literally just said the word I was hoping that you would say, and that is to serve right mm -hmm. in that capacity um, as Miss Kansas or Miss Texas or Miss California, Miss Oklahoma, whoever um, that is a it's it's not just a position with the crown. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, unfortunately in this day and age, there's that, why do we still do this? And right. So um, I don't think a lot of people really understand that role. So can you help us to educate them? Absolutely. Well, the Miss America organization is where I spent a majority of my time competing. And it is the original beauty pageant started in 1921. So we just recently celebrated our hundredth anniversary. And, you know, it did, it started as a beauty pageant on Atlantic city boardwalk. And ultimately in those first couple of years was a tool for women to catapult themselves into fame or movie careers or uh, music industries. And so as I've learned more about the history of the organization, 
I think it was always revolutionary in some way for women with whatever era we were in. It was revolutionary for us to be confident in swimsuits on the boardwalk in public. It was revolutionary to use this as a tool to put ourselves into successful careers and and what the options were at the time. It was revolutionary when we first introduced scholarships in the organization. And so at each evolution point of the Miss America organization, we've been following the waves of what it means to be a successful modern woman and how this organization can be a platform to help lift us up to that success. Now, as a title holder, I like to say that like Miss Kansas should not be the highlight of my resume. It should be a bullet point that falls off in a couple of years because it's just catapulting me into the next chapter. Sure. But you're right. It, it is so much more than that one glamorous night that I think a majority of the world sees in media. It is serving your state and your community throughout the year, throughout the years that you're competing. Uh, we all have a personal platform. We're all in involved in education in some capacity because we're competing for scholarships right. and the state title organ or state title holder role and national title holder role you're the face of a nonprofit and and you're fundraising and you're capacity building and you are promoting your personal initiative while supporting so many functions of the organization so i my hope is that Everyone has an opportunity to come in contact with a local, state, or national title holder and understand just a little bit more deeply about how these women are choosing success through pageantry. Now, there's so many opportunities to be successful as a woman in our country today, which is amazing. But for the women who choose this avenue, we should be able to support them in those endeavors. Yeah, so it's really interesting that... um, you explain that so eloquently. I'm like, I'm so glad you did that so well. Um, so let's go back to 1921. Mm-hmm. Where were women in 1921, right? What rights did we have? Mm-hmm. Right? Or, Not many compared no, to today, right? <laughs> well, I think so often. So, you know, I have three businesses and I'm running a podcast. And I think about where would I be, you know, because I am the rule breaker. I am the, I'm not going, I am that forge forward, pioneer it through. Don't, nobody says no to Tamara. Tamara is literally like, um, what? That word does not exist in my vocabulary. Are you kidding me? And, you know, when the girls told me, uh, my team said, hey, listen, we've got um, Annika Wooten as a former Miss. I was like, oh, my God, this was like right up my alley because I, too, competed in a Montana pageant like uh-huh. way back in like 1984. Like I was like you probably weren't even a thought yet. So <laughs> but I remember going through that. You know, I did it once and I was like, okay, this is not for me because it is a lot. It is a lot of prep work. It is, you know, you do have to have that platform. And I kept saying to my team, what's her platform? What's her? And they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, she has a platform. What's her nonprofit? They were just like, how do you know this? And I was like, I'm not going in. Like, I didn't even tell them because I was like, that that was so long ago, but it, It was a very pivotal point for me because I learned a lot about myself Mm -hmm. through that process of where I was strong. And, you know, and, and I'm, I would imagine in this seven year journey that you went through figuring out who you are, finding that right platform, finding that nonprofit to support, 
Um, and then you get intertwined with that nonprofit. Like mine was veterans. Um, mm-hmm. And so my dad was in the military. Yeah. And at the time I was like, okay, I want, I want to do disabled veterans and I want to support that cause and the VA hospital. So, I mean, I, that for me, and it was a lot, it was with them all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So you are doing whatever you can to raise money for them and serve that community. So I think the one thing I learned, and I'm sure you probably at the same time learned the same thing, you learn what it means to servant leadership. You learn that role really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you push forward, right? So you turn the reins over to the new Miss Kansas. Now what? Where do you go from here? Oh, that is you know, the big question, no matter if you've served for two years, like my class did, or if you serve for one year, what's next is that big, big question. And it can be very, um, pressurizing, especially in that moment. I had completed my degree. Uh, so I was done with school and I was ready to step into my professional chapter. And pretty much since then, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> I work a a full-time role with a national nonprofit called Lead for America. And I stepped into that almost immediately after passing on my title. I also immediately after stepped into the role, which correlated with my platform. I had done a lot of work with the Kansas Alliance for the Arts and Education. I had served on their board and they needed an interim executive director. So the immediate six months after passing on my title, I was that executive director for the Arts Alliance. I was also working full time for Lead for America, continue to do so. And, 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 and uh, decided to step into the world of coaching for pageants. Uh, that's where I felt like my talents were able to be lended. Uh, there was an opportunity to join the board of the Miss Kansas organization and serve there. But uh, in my experience, the board is a little bit more disconnected from actually working with the girls. And that's where I really wanted to be. I love the preparation side. I love working hands-on with them. And so I partnered with my original pageant mentor. His name is Juven Nava. Uh, and so he's the owner of Crown the Nation, and I am one of their lead consultants to work with women now across the country. I think we're in like 28 states. We've we've been doing this for two years now. Uh, And so that's really what's taken a lot of my my passion and my in-between time for for pageants is supporting other women in their journeys to success. And then the final piece of that what's next puzzle, uh, developing from Crown the Nation and my experience in pageantry and that thought of what happens after you're done competing uh, developed my personal arm of, of the business, which is called Beyond the Crown. And that's working with women beyond the sparkly journey once they pass off that crown, helping shift back into normal life. And you probably have an interesting perspective with your work with veterans is once they get out of that service, going back to normal life. Like, you know, I don't want to completely compare pageant women to people who have served our military, but that shift in lifestyle is is huge and the mentality between it. So um, that's another pocket of what I'm really passionate about is supporting women in all chapters of their pageant journey, even when it's beyond the crown. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that it's this emotional shift Mm -hmm. that is so hard for, for them, 
right? Because they're trying to figure out who they are now. Now that this journey is over and we're moving into that next journey, um, but also the people around them, mm-hmm. because everyone who's been around these young these young women, you know, it's it's ever so consuming. I don't think people realize the um, extent that goes into it. I like I said, I just did like I did this once and went like, oh Lord, this is like I but I was also, you know, I was on a swim team and I was like I, I had so many other things going on. This was a girlfriend who said, Hey, let's do this. And I was like, okay, why why not? Ended up being first runner up and went, like, this is not for me. But yeah. I'm like, okay, like, okay, so like I'm like. You guys, I like, I just bow down because I'm like the pressure. I, the, I, I can run three companies. I can have employees. I can have a husband. You know, I, I literally can do, but there are just some things that pressure. I was like, okay, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different kind of pressure, right? It's, it's that pressure to, um, and maybe because I, and and as I've grown, I think I've figured that out. But the the pressure to excel at a level that most people lay on their couches with a clicker and go, yeah, that looks interesting. And then they click over it. While these other people are living these incredibly um, powerful lives. I mean, these young women, um, I can't tell our audience enough. These young women are driven they are driven to mm-hmm. to this level, which only helps those of us with businesses now. Trust me, I look for them now. I'm like, let me have them because they are phenomenal employees um, because they get it, right? Most of them go on to become business owners um, because they have that drive to be able to do that. Very much like what you're doing, right? So just kind of going in and let, let me go, let me have my own business. I find it very, um, what's the best word here? I find it intriguing Mm -hmm. that you chose to go after the crown, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you you have that passion for what's going on in, but it's the after. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of, what would you say the average age range of a contestant is 18 to 22, 23, 24, somewhere in that range? Oh, actually, several pageants have extended their age range recently. So in the the Miss category, it's, uh, I think, 18 to 26. Oh, nice. And then extending, you know, if they win on their last year, they would close out their chapter 27 uh, at the latest for like your big three pageants, right? Right. Um, But there's so many pageant systems now that if you choose to, if, if competing in pageants, I mean, you mentioned like, it's like nothing else. It's kind of a sport within itself. Right. And I know a lot of women who have completed their journeys in the Miss America or Miss USA organizations, and then they go on to compete in Mrs. Pageants once they're married. Like there's so many opportunities. So some decide to hang up the crown at the end of that age out term right? and, and some find more success in it. But I would say the the average age of age of the women that I work with with Beyond the Crown is that mid to late twenties. Yeah, and and that is so. Think about this. You know, you have been you've been sheltered by your parents for the most part, right? Um, and and then in the pageant organization, in this Miss America organization, 
there is, I would, coddling would not be the word I would, I would use here, but there is a lot of protection inside of that to also make sure that these young women, um, stay focused, um, on, uh, you know, on that end goal. So with that, um, there's a lot I, sheltering isn't even really the right word, but there's some sheltering. I would think that um, coming into like your mid twenties, yes, you've 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 had that focus, pageant, school, right? Everybody's super focused, and then boom, like you're done at that chapter, mm-hmm. and life just isn't done like that. And I think that's where I form. For me, at least what I have seen with people who, um, you know, they focus on going to school. It's like, go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school. And then they're done. And they're like, okay, I've graduated. Now what? Like, Mm -hmm. there's that now what? Mm -hmm. And I saw that a lot with my friends who had done it for years, right? I had this one girlfriend was like, just do it with me this year. Just please. I don't want to do it alone, right? It's like, okay, okay, fine. Um, But she had done it for a couple of years prior to that. And I was just like, okay, well, she went through. I mean, and then finally when she said, okay, I'm done, she was lost a little. I mean, not a ton, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's that. There's prepping in the middle of that. So don't misunderstand, guys, what I'm saying, those of you guys that are listening. It's not like there isn't been all this prep work and this, hey, you know, what is your next step? Where are you going from here? When, when your degree is done, what have you got lined up? Some of that coaching happens inside the organization anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I think that it's the, the heavy focus and then the now what? So now you've got all of these other arms that you have going on. So what's your favorite? Oh, that's a hard one. Well, you know, I, I have my full-time work that absolutely fulfills certain buckets, but I think, you know, the thing that fuels my passion and, and fills up my bucket more than anything is being able to work with young women, no matter what their, their next goal is. Uh, when I was competing, you know, you talk about you go, 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 and then everything's over. And for me, that the first time that moment happened actually wasn't when I gave up my title. It was after I came back from Miss America because I had been getting ready, you know, mentally, the end goal was Miss America. And then it's over and I didn't win. And, you know, yeah, everyone's like, oh, but I get to come back and serve my state for the next six months. It's like, great. But how do you process that? And, and that is truly when your attention turns to that big, what's next question. And I know there's certainly some psychology into the fact that I stepped out of being Miss Kansas and took on four different things. (laughs) And some people, you know, take it some time to take a break. But I think overall, there's that pressure of having something big next that can kind of be the next step up from whatever we're doing. Um, and that's one of the things with beyond the crown, there's several different categories of, of women that I work with, uh, some that have served their state or their country, and that's the end of their chapter. That's what we're working out of. And some that have competed for a number of years and never won, they never achieved their goal. And they put in all of that work and effort and dedication to never getting the satisfaction of what they were working toward. And how do you 
deal with that? And how do you step out of the chapter once you you've given it your all and you don't receive that edification? Um, so that's where I found my, my passion to be is being able to flip the script a little bit on, on thought processes and help redirect energy and passion into the next chapter of life, which can be just as fulfilling. Sometimes you just need a little help realizing what it is. Yeah. I was, as you were sitting here talking and I'm thinking about, you know, there is one winner Mm -hmm. in the, how many, how many contestants that there are. I mean, well, we know that there's 50, right. That, that do it once a year, but think about the hundreds from every state that compete at local levels to get to the state level, to get to that national level. And then they don't achieve and they don't win that, that, you know, the crown per se, Mm -hmm. that when you're young and, and I say young, I'm in my fifties. So in your twenties, when I, when I look back and I think of the things that I did when I was in my twenties, I was like, Oh boy. Right. Um, when you were younger, um, it does seem like, well, okay, I but looking back, and I will just say this for everybody listening, and those of you guys that are older with me, you're probably shaking your heads going, yep. <laughs> when you look back, you can see the things in that journey, right, that got you to that next place that you needed, right? Call it a higher power of whatever you needed in that moment to go through that journey. You needed it for the next one. And so, you know, getting them and just anyone, right, whatever it is that you're going through right now, it's because you have to, because it's part of that next step that you're going to have to take. And so I, I, as you were sitting here talking, you know, and, and they, they did win. They just don't know it yet because it's too hard to see in the moment. But I promise guys, when you look back, it, you will go, oh, that's why I did that. Right. I, I mean, even for like, even for me, like I didn't win, but I look back and I think what an experience it was. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of people that I met that said a couple of things that made a huge impact in my life, mm-hmm. right? In that moment, in that moment, I was just like, ah, first, like, I don't do anything like first runner up, like what, like, you know? And, and I know that's the mindset of contestants, right? Because they all are those all or nothing individuals because you're going for the gusto. Mm-hmm. and um. And, but it, you, it is part of that journey for our lives. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, right. It's that, oh, it's when you look back, right. Yeah. And being able to get them to understand that you are a saint walking to take on that journey because it's hard when you're emotionally charged. And the, these are, these are people that are emotionally charged. And um, we talk about, you know, wounded veterans, right. That, they're emotionally charged um, with what has gone on in their lives. And sometimes that emotion's anger. And that's the most powerful. Um, it drives us to some really amazing things sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but and that you said, like that's a huge part of my journey and why I'm so thankful at the end, like you said, being able to look back 
I know why I had to lose six years in a row. I know why now I was held for 2019 because I had to be the Miss Kansas to serve through the pandemic because I was equipped with those tools. Had I won any other year, yeah, that, that would have been great. But that <laughs> wasn't the legacy that I was supposed to live. And because of that, I experienced being top 10 and then not placing at all and then going to top five and then first runner up and then not. And then, you know, I experienced every single part of the pageant so that I can be equipped to support women in this chapter. And, and like you said, looking back, I get it. But in those moments, it was so much more difficult to handle those losses. And I wish I had someone like me to be able to coach through those times. I think that what you're doing is amazing work because the emotional journey, um, like I said earlier, you know, I remember and I was 18, 18. I had to have been just 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember that, that emotional roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, I think for maybe three months, I mean, like I, I didn't even like go crazy with it. It was just the emotional roller coaster at 18, 19, 20. Um, you know, you've you're you're now older, right? And you can now look back and go, okay, I can see that. I don't know. I asked this question because I have a lot of my entire staff is female. And so um with three businesses, an an all female staff because I learned a long time ago part of my purpose similar to yours was mm-hmm. to have that opportunity. A lot of mine are single moms, right? Mm-hmm. With with not really great support systems, and so I wanted them to have a place to work where mm-hmm. they could be a mom first. And you know, if you have a significant other, that second, and then third, and while it's not always conducive to the business plan. <laughs> Um, an employee, right? So, but that was, that became part of um, the purpose. But I say to them all the time, were you the same person from 18 to 22? Mm. Those four years are so big for women. And then from 22 to 30, like when you start thinking about who you were at 18, 22, just four simple years later, it's, you're just not the same. You're very different in those four years, but then 30. And I think 30 hits a lot of us um, where you you step back in. I think I cried my entire 30th birthday because I wasn't married to Troy Aikman of all things that I was worried about, right? (laughs) So so here I was 30, not married. And I was like, oh my God, the plan was to be married to Troy Aikman. Kind of a silly story, but we all just kind of laugh, right? Um, But I think I cried my entire 30th birthday thinking, I'm not really where I want to be. And now in my fifties, I look back and I go, Oh Lord, again, it's that looking back, right? It's what you can't see in the moment Mm -hmm. that I think is what's going to propel. Like your business is going to be so successful. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever, because mental health has become finally I say this because finally, we -hmm. are putting an emphasis in the right direction for mental health. And I think that that is part of it, right? Making sure that they are emotionally and mentally healthy, right? To take that next step in their lives. So you are, you are doing God's work, my child. Like you are just doing a great, that what you're doing is amazing. 
So is there anyone special in your life now? Yes. Uh, my boyfriend, his name is Jesse. And I actually have a kind of crazy story of when we met. Um, when I became Miss Kansas, I was not in a healthy relationship. And that was kind of my out. And I had told myself, I'm, I'm committed to being Miss Kansas. Like this is the focus for the year. This is what I've been working toward. And almost exactly a year after I had become Miss Kansas in the heat of you know, pandemic confusion. Um, I saw Jesse, we're at a music venue. I saw him across the room and my brain said, oh, that's Jesse. And then I was like, whoa, wait, wait, I don't know this person. I've never seen this person in my life. In the back of my head, just saying like, that's Jesse, you, you know him. And I'm just sitting there like mesmerized by this human. Um, and so anyway, he ends up like starting to make his way out and I follow him out and he was holding the door for some people, which showed his chivalry. Nice. And I said, Hi, are you Jesse? I'm Annika. I don't know how I know you, but I, I feel like I do. And he was like, yep, I'm, I'm Jesse. And he said, have you ever been into, you know, this business? He owns a business. And I said, nope. I said, have you ever met Miss Kansas? And he was like, Nope. I was like, oh, well, now you have. Um, and so, you know, one thing led to another, we ended up getting coffee and uh, we laughed because I was the one making all the moves. Like I asked him to coffee. I asked him to a movie. I asked him to dinner. Um, but I felt like our souls knew each other from that first moment. And um, he, he was with me throughout my second year of being Miss Kansas through all the ups and downs. And, um, it's been a really, really wonderful person to spend this chapter of my life with. Aww. Nice. Um, so I see you have, is that a picture of you in the back with the dog? <laughs> it's uh it's with my cat, but yes. Your cat. Okay. So you love, you love animals. So <laughs> this is awesome. So what's the cat's name? His name is Goose. Um, I'm actually surprised that he hasn't made an appearance today. But yeah, I've I've had him for gosh, I think almost seven years now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he was he was the royal cat for an amount of time. <laughs> oh, wow, the royal cat. That's very cute. On a cat, that's super cute. Is it we're dog, we're dog cat. I say dog and cat people around here. Um the audience already knows. Like I have five dogs. There's two cats over in the balloon building because I own a balloon company. And mm -hmm. then there's 30 chickens out in the back. I mean, so it's like, you you name it, I've got it. It just kind of crawls up around here and we're like, feed it, it'll be fine. Right, so right. Feed it, name it, it's ours. So like, call it whatever you want. So that, uh, but I saw the animal in the back. I was like, okay, so dog, cat, something's back there, but that's a great picture of you and Goose. Actually, <laughs> I have to tell you. Well, congratulations. I'm like, is there anything I can do to support you, our audience support you on this journey, stepping out with this new business? Tell us what we can do to help. Yeah. Well, I mean, just having this conversation is huge. I think we mentioned at the beginning, there's a huge amount of the population who doesn't understand what goes into pageants. And so, you know, my, my business is for a very specific group of people, like we've talked about, but what I would say is anybody listening, you know, if you have an opportunity to meet somebody who's involved in pageantry, oftentimes you see girls in crowns and sashes at, 
maybe the parades, but probably more often the local community service events. Mm -hmm. And so if you have an opportunity to go up and introduce yourself and learn a little bit more about her, gosh, if you ask her what her platform is, she will light up and she will tell you everything about it. So, um, you know, take that opportunity, step a little bit outside of your comfort zone to go meet somebody who's involved in this world and learn a little bit more about it because, uh, it is, it is really empowering. There's, there's not a lot of young people who are so sure of what they believe in and also have the drive to make a difference in this world. Uh, and I am fortunate that most of my world is, is those young people. So, um, if you have a chance to meet them, your life will be better for it. Oh, that's very kind. Okay, guys. Well, you heard Annika. She said, challenge on. You've got to introduce yourself to one of the girls as we see them out in the community. And I do see them out frequently. I mean, obviously with me having a balloon company, I am in a lot of events um, a lot of times. And we see those, we see those young ladies out there doing that service work and, you know, representing and serving the community. So um, Annika, thank you so much for your time and letting us get to know you a little bit better um, and your journey. How fun and congratulations. Um, I don't know if congratulations on serving two years during a pandemic, <laughs> but I mean, thank you for stepping it up and actually taking on that second year in the unknown because it was really the unknown for a lot of people. And, um, you know, having those um, faces still out there, I think made it a little bit more normal if we can for what kind of normal there is now these days. So, well, and thank you again and good luck with you and Jesse and say hi to Goose when um, he does make his appearance and tell him we said hi and thank you so much. Everybody, this is Everything Is Up with Tamara and Annika from Kansas. Thanks again, Annika. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks. You bet. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Everything Is Up. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And remember, everything is up. <laughs>